Welcome to Name Drop San Diego. I'm Christy Totten, your host along with Abby Hamblin. This week, we're talking to Bobby Rubio. Bobby is a story artist at Pixar where he wrote and directed a short animation called Float about a boy who floats. Early in the story, the boy's father tries to hide his son's unique gift, but later he learns to embrace it. Rubio was inspired to write the story by his own son, Alex, who is on the autism spectrum. And it's also about Rubio's own journey coming to terms with his son's autism. Rubio is a San Diego native and grew up in Paradise Hills, attending Comic-Con, and has also worked on Pixar titles like Inside Out and Incredibles 2. You might also know him from his amazing Padres illustrations on Twitter and Facebook. Here's our interview with Bobby Rubio. Okay, welcome, Bobby. Thank you so much for being here. Of course, we want to start by talking about the Padres. Uh, yeah. You're a big fan, right? Yes. And so, thank you for having me, Abby. It's it's awesome to be here. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, you know, we know you because of your great talents and your success uh, in the animation world, but a lot of people locally know you because of your illustration of the Padres players on social media. Um, right. Are you a lifelong Padres fan? I am because I was born and raised here. And so, um, yeah, I've, and, uh, I've seen the, the, um, the Tony Gwynn years. I've seen, uh, the Trevor Hoffman years. I've seen the drought that we've been in for a while. (laughs) And, and so this is really exciting. You know, these, these days, uh, you could really wear your Padre gear and be proud about it. Uh, I'm here in Oakland, so I'm, I mean, usually I wouldn't wear the gear because I'd be like, they'd be like, oh, that's cute. You like the Padres. Mm. But, <laughs> right. <laughs> but now I'm like, yeah, Padres, what's up? What's up? Yeah. That's nice <laughs> that you wore it either way, though. That says a lot about you as a fan. Um, yeah, yeah. But if you, if you haven't seen, uh, go check out Bobby Rubio on Twitter and Instagram, these illustrations of the players, or maybe something funny that happens in the game. How did you kind of get into doing that? Was that just a habit? Are you doing it consciously looking for things to draw? How does that happen? You know what? I think it comes from like, um, back in San Diego, when I was in high school, I, I, I was a part of the journalism class and I would make cartoons and for all my friends to see. And, and I saw the impact it was with them, you know, they would see it and they would laugh and like, ha this is great. And not only that, um, uh, so I went to Morris High School in San Diego. Shout out. Uh, and uh, we, I also was, uh, I, we also did crash banners. I, 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 I'm, uh, I was part of the um, art productions and we made pro- big giant crash banners for the, our football team. Oh. That's like and where the, they run through it and it yeah, breaks they in run half, through, right? Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. So we would always, uh, you know, taunt the other team. Like it'd be the Tigers versus <laughs> uh, Lincoln, uh, which was our, our rival, um, uh, the Lincoln Hornets. And uh, so the Morris Tigers. And so I think it came from that, you know, uh, drawing sports uh, uh, teams uh, and, and, and seeing the rivalry and and seeing how um just people like responded to my art at that young age and so um it just continued on uh to now and you know in, instead of 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 hyping uh 
some other team that I have no connection to, I would rather draw my hometown teams. So I was known for drawing the Chargers stuff uh, and when they were in San Diego. Uh, I know it's a touchy subject, sorry. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, and I do the Padres because that's my team. That's my, I love them. And um, I, and so that's how it came about. I, I, I didn't see, I didn't want to draw any other team. That's my team. I, I saw that you and Abby had a Twitter exchange and you said when you were younger, you wanted to be an editorial cartoonist. That's not a very common job now, but I think that's was probably not a common sentiment even then, you know, what sort of drew you to that? Um, when I was little, um, there was, uh, uh, my dad, we had the San Diego union subscription and, um, Thank you. and, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I love the Sunday comics. I really loved Calvin and Hobbes. And, um, and so I wanted to be a cartoonist. Um, and, and when I got to journalism, I saw that there was editorial cartoonists. And um, I saw the satire in it. And I saw how an image could evoke um, responses about political things and are just fun topical things and uh i i think i responded to that because like it's just an image but it, it could evoke so much emotion and um and actually and and they're beautifully drawn uh i forget who the san diego union guy was but um whoever it was uh my hat's off to him because he inspired me uh to pursue art as well as you know Calvin and Hobbes as well, <laughs> and uh, Bill Watterson. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's this exposure that I had um, from the San Diego Union every Sunday and every, every week that, that, is so that, cool. that made me want to be a cartoonist. That is awesome. I don't know who the cartoonist was at the time. Today it's Steve Green and he's still well-loved and you know, that's a, that's a, a oh, awesome. awesome. Yeah, it's a it's an uncommon job to have, you know. Back in the day, every newspaper had an on-staff editorial mm -hmm. cartoonist, and now mm -hmm. it's it's very rare. Um, it's great too because he could do do topical things from San Diego that yes. only San Diego would. Yes, have. those are our favorites. Yes. And actually, this just reminded me that uh, a San Diegan from Lemon Grove, uh, Lalo Alcaraz. Are you familiar with his work? He was just oh, yeah. named a Pulitzer finalist. So nice oh. little history of cartooning in San Diego. Just remember. congratulations. Yeah, I think he helped out with, with Coco, right? Yeah, like he did. He yeah, yeah. Our... Yep. And yes. um, he works now on um, uh, La Casa Grandes, like a little oh, a Nickelodeon yeah. show. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's cool. That's very anyway, cool. cool. Yeah. Did you do, um, so you got into journalism. Did you do editorial? Did you eventually do editorial cartooning? Did you get to do it for the paper or anything? No, no, uh, uh, because like uh, I, I then I, my biggest love, one of my biggest loves is comic books. And it is also because of the San Diego Comic-Con. Yes. <laughs> so you're starting to see a pattern here. My whole <laughs> career is kind of San Diego based. Yeah. And uh, yeah, when I was a, a young kid, I, I would go to the Comic-Con. And when it was in downtown, not... <laughs> Yeah, it is the original. The original. And when it was just 
uh, comic book fans looking at comic book artwork and meeting the artists. There wasn't any movies, <laughs> blockbuster movies coming. Although I do believe Star Wars was there once, but that was before my time. <laughs> uh, and um, uh, so, yeah, I, I didn't get to do, uh, I, I didn't pursue editorial cartoons because I went the comic book route. Um, in fact, uh, I'm trying to think of San Diego tie-ins, is that um, I, I went to CalArts, uh, California Institute of the Arts to, and I graduated with a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree uh, uh, for animation. And when I graduated, I applied for two um, internships. Uh, one was the Disney internship, which I got. And I also got an internship with Jim Lee for comic books and Jim Lee's in San Diego. And he was at uh, Homage Studios at the time. And now he's with DC Comics. But at the time he was, he had an Homage Studios and he was working at, at, at Image Comics. He just came off the X-Men and uh, and so uh, he created him and several artists had a studio and it was in, uh, I believe it was Mira Mesa at the time. Mm. And so um, it was great because I got, my summer was with them and I was, I was in Mira Mesa uh, drawing comics and uh, living my dream. And then I went to, um, in the fall, I went to Disney to do the Disney internship. And then when this happened, this was in, I'm, okay, now I'm gonna date myself. This was 1994. So, uh, and this was the, the year that the comic book industry crashed. Mm. So like Marvel went bankrupt and, um, and like uh, the industry was in a terrible state. And when I got out of my internship with Disney, I came back to Jim Lee because I loved comics. That was my first true love. I was like, hey, Jim, what should I do? I asked him because uh, Disney offered me a, a, a job. And Jim was like, I'd take that job because the comic industry is in shambles right now. So, And so that's where my trajectory went then. And so I went, okay, um, goodbye comic books for now, on to animation, so. Wow, what an amazing sort of tra trajectory. Well, can you explain more about what you do uh, with your job at Pixar? You're a story artist. Yeah. What does that entail? Uh, it's very much like a comic book artist. And so what that is, uh, storyboard artist is I would get the script from the writer and then I would draw those images. So for instance, if the script said, Buzz and Woody are walking down the street together and they run into a barking dog, I would then draw Buzz and Woody walking <laughs> down the street and also running into a barking dog. Those images would then be sent to an, our, our editorial staff who would then cut those together, add sound effects you know, of them walking dog barking, then those would be given to the animators who would then animate Buzz and Woody walking down the street with the dog barking. Um, and then it goes down through another process of lighting and then compositing and all that. Um, but I'm in the first part, the 
uh, of the production, helping out uh, flesh out the story. Um, and the great thing about story artists is, uh, you know, animation is a very expensive medium. Uh, and so you would rather spend your money on, um, on story and trying to fix the story and try to do a bunch of different versions of it because it's cheaper for me to draw something and then you throw it away than going all the way down to the process and doing it and animating it and it doesn't work. And then you just spend all that money you have to throw that away. You would rather put, go up front and just storyboard as much as you can and just do different, different iterations until you can improve upon it and make it, you know, as, as, as best as you can possibly make it. So uh, that's what I do. I'm, I'm the story artist. I'm the guy up front that does all the drawings to set up the animators later down the line. Yeah. On some very well-known movies, uh, we should add as well. But we do <laughs> want to talk to you about um, now you're in, getting into writing and directing because your mm -hmm. um, short film, Float, it's been hugely popular. Thank um, you. What kind of uh, was that transition like to get into writing and directing versus just doing the drawing? Um, uh, well, I've been writing and direct writing and directing sorta when I was writing my own comic books. Uh, yeah, I, like I did my own comic Alcatraz High and Four Gun Conclusion, uh, which I I promoted that at the San Diego Comic Con. Um, but yeah, so I've been writing my own stuff on the side. Uh, so wait, can we ask you what Alcatraz High is about? Because that sound in my head, what I, I'm hoping it is um, as amazing as I'm dreaming it is. Oh, okay. It's about um, it's a uh, it's about these kids that go to this high school and it's a high tech uh, facility. So that's got big giant walls and drones, security drones that go throughout the school, and um, and there's these kids who go to it. And uh, they're just trying to live out their teenage lives. Um, and I, I usually say it's like a high-tech Harry Potter. Nice. <laughs> so, so, um, so that was Alcatraz High. And, that, and I promoted that at the San Diego Comic-Con for 15 years. 15 That's years. awesome. Um, as, as well as foregone conclusion. But yes, I, if on the side, I was... Uh, that's why I think comics helps with me and my career because I was always, it prepared me for this. I was always creating stuff. I was always writing stuff for my own purposes. Uh, but it, you know, um, it all translates because you're, what uh, writing a comic is very similar to writing scripts. <laughs> I mean, it's almost, the, it's the same thing, <laughs> except one's going to be a comic. The other is going to be a, uh, a, a, a film so um and you know and especially nowadays with uh superhero movies being so prevalent in in the movie theaters these days uh you know it it translates easily <laughs> to to yeah. to the movie uh um medium um so yeah well, can we talk a little more about Float? So Float was, sure. you know, inspired by your son. It has a note at the end, you know, saying it's dedicated to your son, Alex. Um, it says, thank you for making me a better dad. Um, and, you know, dedicated with love and understanding to all families with children deemed different. Can mm -hmm. you tell us about your son and how he inspired this film? Sure. Okay. My son, Alex, is on the autism spectrum. 
and um, when he was first diagnosed, uh, I went into a depression, and uh, I, I didn't handle it well. I remember my brother, it was a, during Christmas time when his diagnosis came, and I remember my brother came over to the house, and he was, I was in my bedroom, I was under the covers, in the dark, and I couldn't play with my kids. And my brother was out there playing with my son, Alex, and his, his brothers, Will and Harrison. And they're, they're out playing. And then he comes in and he's like, what's going on, man? Why, why, what's wrong with you? And I was like, man, Alex has autism, man. Like, and he was like, so what? He's still Alex. Like, you know? And it took me... My wife was like, you need therapy. It took me, and you know what? You need to get this idea out of your head. You, you're an artist, why don't you tell it? And so I created a comic book. <laughs> like I, I, I drew this image of uh, a father in a field of dandelions and he's standing there with his son and the son is floating. Uh, just, and the tagline at the top, it said, um, it said a father's journey and a special child. And so then already I had the metaphor uh, about a different child and, and, and in my metaphor for it was, uh, it was for autism. Um, and this was when my son was, was two and a half. And this, I mean, he's now, he's now four, he's 14. <laughs> so, um, so years ago, obviously, um, but back then I couldn't, I couldn't finish the book. I was so in, so deep into my depression. Um, and then, um, after years of therapy, um, and, you know, I put it aside and I focused on work and I, life continued. And then like, I would want to say like, um, like, I want to say, eight years passed and I was like I was like you know what I gotta do this story because I'm gonna regret it my son's almost a man <laughs> and, <laughs> and the story needs to be told not only for me but for people who felt the same way that I did and so I did a, a I made a I drew an animatic like I drew storyboards and I and at at this at the studio and I was showing it around to my friends and they were like, oh man, this is good. You should show this to Lindsay Collins, who's the um, executive producer of the Spark Shorts program. And like, I wasn't planning on it being done through the Spark Shorts program, but, um, but I was like, all right, let me, let me just, I'll show it. And Lindsay liked it and she loved it. And she thought it was perfect for this program. Um, and, uh, and then we made it at Pixar, we made it. And, um, and I've also wanted to note too, that, um, the awesome thing is when I drew the animatic and when I drew the comic, the cover, um, the characters were white. And, um, I, and I remember Jillian, um, Jillian, who's our, our animation I mean, our, our story um, our manager, she had pulled me aside and 
when we were when I started making float the 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 short she pulled me aside and she was like um it's Jillian Lieber Jillian pulled me aside and she was like hey um why are the characters white and I was like uh because that's how things are right that's what I I didn't see as a, an, a, an option other than them being white and and she was like she said well this story is about you and your son Alex um and I was like yes oh well yeah because mm -hmm. I thought it was just about me and I was like it's that's how things are right and because it was my own conscious bias I've never seen a Filipino or on screen ever ever <laughs> so so but she's like and it was and when she when it was about me it was like oh yeah I was like yeah whatever that's fine and and then and then she said well how's Alex gonna feel when he looks mm. up in the screen and it's your story and it's not you know he's not represented there and I was floored because it wasn't about me anymore it was about my son and I didn't want my son to feel like he was not worthy, that I was ashamed. I want, you know, I wanted him to feel empowerment. And I wanted others in my predicament to feel empowerment. And so uh, I from there on, I changed it to Filipino American. Uh, and, um, and that's such an impact, you know, and just that little moment there. And uh, I, I commend Pixar for allowing that to happen because um, now we have our very first Filipino-American lead mm -hmm. characters in uh, a film. And the great thing is like, um, it's, you know, it, it could have been any, it could have been any race, that, those characters. And, and, and it has resonated so throughout the world. I mean, it was on YouTube for, for three months and it and it got 60 million views 60 million plus views and um and i've constantly have been getting emails from people all around the world who've been touched by it um you know people from france uh london um uh, turkey uh it uh, brazil it's it's amazing it is amazing and the beauty of it is too is that the short is almost all all um no dialogue there's just one mm -hmm. line of dialogue and so i think that's why it translates throughout the world it's because it's you're just showing your the emotion through movement and, and through emotions and and everyone could relate and see the the acting in the face here comes my dog <laughs> yeah. i was wondering if i heard some I hear trotting yeah if you hear like barking that's them <laughs> You guys are ruining my pick here. <laughs> Gosh, I have so many questions related to your son, related to representation. But sure. I mean, have, have you have you learned uh, or have you used drawing and art to like work out other difficult problems in your life? Uh, yeah, I can't think of an 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 example offhand, but I know I'm I have because even as a kid. You know, you, you, I think an artist always tries to put his emotions into his work or her work. Um, and, um, 
it just makes us human in it. And I know for myself, I like it when other people respond to my work. And I think, you know, during tough times, if I draw something about a character, oh, well, actually I did for Float. I, I, I drew those images of a father like deep in this depression. Um, yeah, and and I've posted those images on on, on my on my um, social media, and people are like, "Wow, those are very compelling." Those images eventually became float, but uh, um, so yeah, I I I try to do that. In fact, I I I, I now it's funny because I I remember I drew Alcatraz High is based off of my my high school experience and. Um, and so there's like images in that even where I was this nerdy kid and my best friend was like this, um, he was like this smooth talking suave guy who got all the girls and I never <laughs> got the girls. And I'm sitting in the background going, wow, there he goes again. I'm like his constant wingman. <laughs> and, 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 I put that in the book and, and, and people can relate to that, that, okay, here's this nerdy guy just also dreaming that one day he could also be, I mean, say something for, say something, anything to a girl that he likes. And so, um, yeah, I try to try to make things relatable by putting that stuff in there. Well, look at you now. Who has the better job? You or your high school friend? Yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, you know, where no. is he? He's probably in San Diego. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay, I, but though, but I mean, he influenced my life, and sure. so uh, I am it's with gratitude. Of course. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, like that has connected around the world. Um, I'm curious, like, where do you go from here? I mean, we keep hearing, I mean, especially in the last couple of years, this is the first of this, you know, mm-hmm. and every time it's like the person is like, we ho- we were just talking about the Raiders, um, right? The, the player who came out as gay and was saying, I hope for the day that these firsts don't make the news anymore, you know? Right. And, and so right. as a person who has, you know, some uh, ability to share their stories and uh, ideally, you know, uh, continue to push for res- representation, whether mm-hmm. it's you or someone else, you know, what, what do you visualize as, you know, being a better way forward? Um, for, uh, for, um, company, I'm the, immediately what comes off to, in the, my head is that, uh, the good thing is that we're in this, in this environment now where, um, you know, we are looking out for other uh, people's uh, stories, and 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 there's a push for diversity right now and inclusion, and and so that helps. Uh, I I don't think I'm actually curious if Float would have been made like ten years ago versus now. You know, um, since now we are uh, the whole. Uh, every, the whole culture right now is is conscious about this of, of inclusion and and so um, I think it's going to take studios to green light projects and to allow people of color or different minded people um, to actually tell their stories 
and and for those studios to back them up, um, which what happened to me in this case with with Float. And I think it's going to happen, and and I already see it happening. Um, and so I am excited, you know, about the future, uh, not just for myself, but for other um, creatives out there to tell different stories that haven't been told before, and that we will see more representation out there. It seems like you, I mean, Disney has done a great job of this. Pixar has done a great job of this. We've seen a lot of recent examples, just like you said, but like what took so long, not just for that company, company, but just for the world, you know, like you said, this probably wouldn't have been made 10 years ago. Um, I think partially it's like ingrained in, in us, right? Even right. you thought people don't want to see, I'm a Filipino guy. People don't want to see a Filipino, right. uh, an animation about a Filipino family. Um, I don't know. Do you have ideas about that? I. I think it's because of movements that have happened recently, the Me Too movement, uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I credit to, uh, I credit that, just the, every, everybody who put in the time and effort to change the consciousness of, of the world. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a long way to go, but, you know that we're making strides towards towards a better uh, world and, and more representation and, and all that. Um, but I think it's because of that. I you know for a, a long time everyone was just like, ah, oh, this is all good. It's, <laughs> there's no problems here. But then when people voice their opinions and no, the things are wrong. It's it's definitely one sided here, and. Um, and then you see um, that change and that people also agree with you. Yeah. Uh, I think that's why it's different now. Um, I hope it continues in this path, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, well, and you being a part of that. So congrats to you and all the success on Float. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so we want to do a, a lightning round if we can with you, just to help people get to know you a little better, some fun okay. quick questions. Okay. Put you on the spot. Okay. Um, the first one is what is your go-to thing? If you're just kind of like, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Zoning out and just scribbling on a paper. What's the thing that you always go to or draw or most likely to doodle? Superheroes. <laughs> so, awesome. Uh, so, and I think my go-to funny thing is, uh, Nightwing. Um, it's, and he's like, he was Robin before and then he became Nightwing. And um, the funny thing is he, he actually, he, his thing right now is he has a scream of sticks uh, as his what main uses weapons. And that's a Filipino martial art. <laughs> and oh, I was like, awesome. And so I'm all like, wait a minute, that's ours. <laughs> <laughs> you got to reclaim it, man. You're taking it back. I yeah. am. I actually am. I'm making a comic book called Neighborhood Legend. Where it is a Filipino character. That's so cool. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Okay. So I know you live in Oakland now, but when you come back to San Diego, where are your favorite places to go eat? Um, I, this is nostalgic for me. It's Cotija's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, taco. Um, and I always get uh, uh, the rolled tacos because. Good order. And, 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 uh, and the beef tacos. But. It, it's the funny thing is when you leave, I say, I tell this to everybody, uh, the further away you get from Mexico, 
the worse the Mexican food gets. Yeah. So mm-hmm. San Diego, it's awesome. And then LA is like, that's all right. And then <laughs> it's like Oakland, it's like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so I cannot wait to come back home. Whenever I'm home, I'm always getting uh but yeah that and um you know i'm filipino so i gotta go to tita's uh <laughs> kitchenette and get so food good. they're so oh. nice there too i've been a couple times and they're always like here have this free lumpia they're just so nice yeah yeah <laughs> I'm, and yeah it's home it's home yeah, yeah yeah how's the bay area filipino food is it complete? it's good san diego's got it pretty good i mean yeah yeah it's good um we have, uh, the, I guess I can do shout outs now. We got a place called <laughs> Fob Kitchen, which is really good. Um, uh, they, uh, we have the Lumpia Company up here. We got Lucky 3-7, we got Dampa. Um, it's really good. There's a lot, it's a great good. Filipino scene up here. Good, that's awesome. What uh, is your favorite thing to do with your family? Watch movies? Good <laughs> uh, of swimming too, swimming. Uh, my boys love to swim. Um, and when, so when we go to San Diego, we even boogie board. Cause I suck at, yeah. I suck at <laughs> surfing. I can't surf, I wish I could, <laughs> but I could boogie board eh, decent. And my kids, yeah. boogie board. and so, um, and so we love boogie boarding uh, in San Diego. Anything with water, the boys love it. Which, what beach do you go to? Um, I was going to say, uh, I don't want people to, fam- I'm like, man, I'm, you're not that famous. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, <one's gonna> like- <laughs> I mean, oh, I no, don't, don't worry. You don't have to we say might it. try to stick you out there. You don't have to say no, no, it. No, 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 no. I'm not that famous. Come on. Like there was a part of me is like, do I? And I was like, the internet's head of me is like, dude, you're not that famous. Come on. Um, no. Yeah. Uh, Coronado beach. I really like Coronado. Yeah. I love Coronado. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Very nice. It's a really good family uh, uh, beach. Yeah, a so, mission is good too when you're uh, when you went to when you're not with your family. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So your IMDb page is has some of the most incredible, you know, fan favorite movies. Uh, incredible, Inside Out, Monsters University, uh, Treasure Planet, Fantasia. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, is there one? kind of like universe or world that you and characters that you could just spin forever in that just really you just loved being involved besides in. mine yeah besides float. Besides, float. <laughs> yeah. besides float it was incredibles it has to be incredibles yeah because um it's a superhero world <laughs> and uh i remember when it first came out i was actually at disney at the time and my buddy was like saying hey man I, you're gonna you're gonna wish you were on this my buddy was working at Pixar at the time and he's like we're doing a superhero movie and I was like what you guys are doing a superhero movie and it ended up being Incredibles and I and I swore I wanted I gotta work on Incredibles one day and eventually I did I, I worked on Incredibles too so awesome. but um but yeah no Incredibles or if we're also including I also worked on Avatar The Last Airbender yes so if we're including a beloved show yeah if we're including Avatar it'd be a toss between those i'd be an avatar world or incredibles world it'd be either one of those two would be great i wish that i could spend time in person with edna mode <laughs> right <laughs> right that'd be hilarious it'd be awesome just yeah. to hang out because you mentioned this 
would you like to, or do you ever kind of think about the the characters in Float and their next? I mean, it's based on you, but like, would you expand right. that world if you had the opportunity or turn it into a real comic? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Well, unfortunately, it's, uh, well, fortunately and unfortunately, Pixar owns it. So it's mm -hmm. really up to them. But yeah, I've always intended it to have more, there's more stories. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really up to Pixar. If they want more, I have them. So, <laughs> so awesome. yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, I want to take a master class from you and like how to make your dreams come true. You yeah. know, like Aww. you had these dreams when you were a kid, you really did make them come true. So like, oh, what is your man. advice for following your dreams and making, you know, things that may seem, you know, big or impossible or unlikely happen? Um, hard work and constantly pursuing it despite people telling it you know, and that it cannot be done. And you just mm -hmm. got to believe in yourself that if you keep moving forward and persevering, it'll happen. Now, I want to tell you a story where I wanted to be, when I went to CalArts, I wanted to be a Disney animator. That's all I wanted to be. And, and I worked on, I, I started on um, uh, Pocahontas there as a cleanup artist. And I was working my way up to be an animator. And I finally made it on Treasure Planet. I it was like, I believe it was like eight years later, I finally made it on Treasure yeah, Planet. Such a cool movie. And then what happened was I got let go from Disney. What? And my dream was over. Wow. Right? And so they were like, because I was, I I did this film and 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 then and then you know. And then the whole, it seemed like the industry was starting to go computer animated because a place called Pixar <laughs> instead of 2D. So 2D was kind of dying. And so I, they let me go because I was one of the newer guys. And my brother, I thought my career was over. My, you know, I wanted to be, a, and um, my brother was all, hey man, you know, you, you like Japanese animation. Um, when you were a kid, you loved all that Japanese animation stuff. You liked Robotech and Macross and, uh, you know, Speed Racer and all that. And then he's like, there's this Nickelodeon's working on something. And I was like, SpongeBob? I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know if I want to work on SpongeBob. And he's like, no, nah, it's a new, it's kind of American anime. It's called Avatar The Last Airbender. Uh, maybe you want to try that out. I'm like, all right. And I went and I met Mike and Brian and I saw their vision and here's me thinking Disney, 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 Disney. My life is over. My career is over. And then I go here and I see there's another path and I see there's, there's, other, I, there's other awesome ideas. It's not just here. There's also awesomeness outside. And so and I was like, wow, wow. And it reinvigorated my career um, and my outlook. Like, you, it's not just one company. You don't have to be at this one company. In fact, somebody said, I, I read this quote and I loved it. It's like, don't ever, don't ever attach yourself to a place or a person. Attach yourself to purposes. Hmm. And so... Um, I try to keep that in mind. Like, I don't have to be at Pixar. 
it, I could be elsewhere. And I could, as long as I'm telling stories that I want to tell, then, you know, then that's more important and that'll make me happier. And, you know, it, who knows, you know, good things can happen. It doesn't have to be Disney. It doesn't have to be Nickelodeon. You know, it's, at least that's how I feel. And that's how I go about it. And I, I would, I would give that advice to everybody else. Like, don't try to pursue Pixar just because it's Pixar. Pursue it because you love it, because you love the stories. And, and if you feel that's the purpose to tell good stories and you feel Pixar is the place to go, then do that. But if you have your own ideas, you don't need Pixar. You don't need Disney. Just do it yourself. Yeah, well said. Good words to live by. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So are you able to share like what you're working on now and kind of where you hope your uh, career goes from here? Um, currently, I am working on uh, Lightyear, which comes out uh, uh, next year. It's already been announced, so it's not like yeah, yeah. we'll be in trouble. <laughs> uh, tell, tell us something that will get you in trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, but that is coming out next year. And I mean, um, for my own, like I said, work on your own stuff. Uh, for my own purposes, I, my purpose is I want to create a Filipino superhero or superheroes. I also have Pinay superhero. And, um, and so I'm also creating uh, this comic uh, neighborhood legend or it's a in intellectual property because I'm, I want it to be more than just a comic. So um, yeah, so on the side, I am working on that uh, to, to hopefully one day have, we'll have our own superhero. That would be great. Thanks for listening to Name Drop San Diego. See you next week.